And good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, whichever the case may be around this rotating globe. Welcome to another edition, a really interesting edition, if certain things in the background turn to where they are working. We're, we're having some problems, some issues, so if you, if you hear something unusual, um, it's because we're having issues. You know, the closer you get to the target, the more issues you have. That was uh, uh, one of the watchwords back in World War II with the uh, B-29s that were bombarding both Germany and then later Japan. You know, the old cliche, the flak is always heaviest right over the target. Well, we are getting flak. I don't know whether you've noticed the periphery of this show, but we have made now four stunning discoveries about the moon in the last several months. And we've talked about them, we've laid out imagery, we have challenged Abby Loeb to simply do the science, given that he can make a phone call and can be instantly inside NASA, and none of it has been responded to yet, officially. But unofficially, um, I don't want to sound a little paranoid, but they're coming after us, and it manifests in very curious ways. So, uh, let me begin tonight, and as we progress through uh, the morning, uh, we'll see whether things are occurring the way they have been planned, because we do have some astonishing stuff. Now, for you who are new to the other side of midnight, you're obviously on a, probably a smartphone or a computer. Pictures are better on a computer because they're much bigger, much bigger, and you want to look at detail and kind of immerse yourself in the stunning stuff that we are finding and presenting. If you are on a phone, you simply want to go to the other side of midnight. You're already there because you're on your phone. You want to go to the uh, website, other side of midnight. At the very top, there is a banner which says tonight, or January 21st, analysis of the January 10th congressional classified UFO briefing by the Pentagon with our guest Steve Bassett. You click on that. That takes you to Stephen's guest page. There is a duplicate banner near the top of that. Right under it, you'll see several lines like to listen to the show, the date, and then below the timing in orange, it says guest page. And under that, it says in white, fast links to items, my name, and then fast links to bios. And that's Stephen's bio. Click on my name. That will take you to the section of the page directly, no scrolling, so you can actually see my news items for tonight. Uh, the reason I have item number one is that literally tonight, Ron DeSantis dropped out of the presidential race for the Republican nomination, meaning there are only two candidates left who will be uh, nominated formally at the Republican convention in midsummer, and that is Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. And the polls are all showing that Trump is uh, ahead, well ahead. The only state where Haley has a chance is New Hampshire, but New Hampshire is not representative either of the nation or, more specifically, the Republican Party, certainly today's Republican Party. So the betting, the uh, trend curves, the bloggers, the pundits, everyone who follows politics is basically thinking that on Tuesday in New Hampshire, next Tuesday, uh, day after tomorrow, 
Trump is going to basically cinch the nomination and that when Haley comes in a distant second, she will, like DeSantos this evening, drop out and Trump will be the only candidate on these ballots and there will be more voting as the various states go through their primaries and he will accumulate delegates and then he will basically walk into the Republican convention um, and get the nomination essentially by acclamation. That's what everybody is looking toward and looking at. I'm looking at a somewhat different scenario because there is so much evidence on the table now that our local United States of America political domestic issues and candidates and the fact that something like a billion people this year around the world are also having parallel elections. That's a very large number of citizens voting on earth for candidates to lead them and to lead their respective governments. Everyone is looking to this, forgetting, because most of them don't know it yet, that this is all taking place in a fishbowl, better known as earth. That these candidates, these races, these issues, these discussions, these uh, arguments and battles back and forth on policy are surrounded by a much larger reality, which beginning back in 2017, in a front page article in the New York Times, moved from the silly kicker story at the end of the 11 o'clock news to front page gray lady paper of record mainstream discussion, which is, are we alone? Do UFOs slash UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon in their first iteration of the new initials, do they constitute a remarkable domestic, mean terrestrial government manifesting technologies that we can only dream about? like anti-gravity, the ability to travel, you know, 80,000 feet in less than a second and stop dead without killing anybody on board. In other words, countering inertial forces, countering gravity, not needing rockets, having unlimited fuel in essence, and therefore unlimited range. And that's not even counting the potential for warp drive, ducking through wormholes, or beaming yourself across space with some kind of uh, Star Trek-type matter transmitter. In other words, all of this, all of this provocative possibility moved from Never Never Land to the front page of the New York Times just as Donald J. Trump took over as President of the United States. And in a gradually steepening curve over the last five years, there has been more and more mainstream discussion, culminating with a formal Congressional House Oversight Subcommittee hearing last July, I'm sorry, August, August, last summer, in which a Pentagon analyst, an intelligence guy through and through named David Grush, who had just recently retired, actually had been fired, from the Pentagon Office 
set up specifically by Congress to look into UFOs, i.e. UAP. He sat before a live House hearing on live television and blew the doors off Washington by reporting that there are all kinds of bizarre things going on behind the scenes that the American people and the world are not privy to. For instance, under oath, Grush claimed that the U.S. government is in possession of non-human biological remains. Uh, that's bodies. That's aliens. And advanced technology. That's beaming, free energy, maybe teleportation, anti-gravity, you name it. And then, as a kicker, even entire UFOs, disc-shaped ships that have been retrieved quietly, surreptitiously, clandestinely by the U.S. government since 1947 and Roswell. And Washington responded, as Washington normally does, by setting up more committees. So, tonight, we're going to talk about, with Steve Bassett, and we're having real problems locating Stephen, um... We're trying to track down what's going on. His, his lights are on. You know, the indications are that he is there at his computer, but he's not picking up his phone and he's not answering Skype. And frankly, I do not know whether we will have him tonight. If we do not, we have a plan B. So let's assume for the moment that Stephen will come on. Because in the last two weeks, as part of this accelerating real-world Real politic Washington ease. This subcommittee of the House Oversight Committee, again, run by Republicans because of the last election. All committee chairmen are basically the dominant party uh, in each of the two parties after an election. The midterms was just, you know, a few months ago. Well, like a year. Okay, so. The chairman of that committee and members of his committee, both Republicans and Democrats, were treated, and I use that term advisedly, to a classified briefing on UAP slash UFOs by the inspector general of the intelligence community. This covers CIA, DIA, NSC, you know, the usual word salad of Washington acronyms. And they came out of the meeting, which was classified behind closed doors. Nobody's supposed to leak. But even though it was classified, a number of the lawmakers, both on the Republican side and the Democratic side, basically signaled that they were, and this is a direct quote, persuaded even more of Grusha's authenticity in his startling, I mean, that doesn't even begin to cover it, testimony. So that is where we are tonight. And what I wanted to do was have our friend and colleague in Washington, who has been pursuing the political trail of openness, of disclosure, of revealing everything the U.S. government knows about this extraordinary phenomenon, which goes back decade after decade after decade. My friend and colleague Steve Bassett is head of the Paradigm Research Group. I wanted him on tonight 
to basically talk to what, given what was coming out of this committee, and he may have more specific leaks. That's why he's in Washington. Washington is the leakiest town on earth. If he does not have new news beyond what I've already put up in um, Radio with Pictures, what I was hoping would be that he would have a roadmap for what is supposed to happen next. Because there's a very important bill, a formal law, being discussed in the Republican-led House, which, if it's enacted as a law, which requires the Senate to assent and produce a parallel bill or sign on to the House bill, then it goes to the President. When President Biden signs it, it then becomes law, and the law will cover civilian airline and civil aviation pilots allowing them without repercussions, without being fired, without being downgraded in status, without being basically benched because they're thought untrustworthy because they're reporting UFOs from the cockpit. It would allow a huge swath of dedicated and professional observers of things in the sky. Like we trust you know, millions of people with, with their lives to airline pilots, why would not we trust what they see and report? So this law would basically shield them from any repercussions, either from the government or from the airlines that they work with. So we would expect in this era of everybody's got a phone, everybody's you know in touch with everybody else, we would expect a waterfall of startling and more important, documented new reports from the air, from the cockpit of all these commercial airliners that are seeing countless bizarre things and never talk about it because the the pattern was established back in the 50s. If you say something, you will get fired or basically at the bottom of the rotation and you will not advance either in the company or in the military. This law would change all of that. And it's the next step that I want to talk to Stephen about because these things are having serious real-world consequences finally in the American people's right under the Constitution to know. We've been treated like children, less than children, for decades. And next Saturday night, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, okay? Anyway, so what you want to do is click on my name under the banner on the guest page, and that will take you to these items. And as I said, the wild card in the plan now that's looking like it's going to be Trump against Biden once again, a reprise of the 2020 election. It looks like it's going to be Trump and Biden again, particularly if Nick Haley, Nikki Haley does not do well at all in New England, in New Hampshire. What is the wild card that could completely upset everyone's projections of this coming election, the campaign, all the other soap operas swirling around Trump, you know, the, the indictments, the trials, um, all of that? It could simply be if one night, sometime around October, for what would be considered the ultimate 
October surprise. The President of the United States simply gets up from behind the Resolute desk, walks to his left to the bookcase, moves from the bookcase to the middle of the desk this stunningly packaged tetrahedral framework around a lunar artifact, an E.T. lunar artifact that the Apollo 17 astronauts brought back from the moon, which was specifically requested by the Biden White House, you know, two, three years ago, before Inauguration Day, uh, when they were oh, going to move in and the Trumps were moving out on January 20th. Literally, one year from last night, there will be another inauguration. Who is inaugurated could depend in large part if Biden reveals, with evidence, solid, absolute, irrevocable scientific evidence, sitting on his desk, that we are not alone. Now, I want Steve to be here to discuss the probabilities of this and the background swirling in the Congress, but so far we cannot connect with Steve Bassett tonight. And am I surprised? So in the meantime, let me go through with some other items that are important that are going on. As you know, the last few days there has been an effort by Japan, by their official space agency called JAXA, to land a small spacecraft called SLIM, which stands for Smart Landing Investigating Moon. Interesting Japanese acronym. And the idea was that it was going to be testing several technologies that will be useful in the future commercial development of lunar resources, ultimately a lunar base, lunar commerce, uh, lunar mining, all the things that we do on Earth now extrapolated over the next several years into the lunar environment. Well, it landed, kind of, and then it rolled. And apparently, it is upside down. And the Japanese government, JAXA, have been loath to admit almost anything after the landing. In fact, they have said that their next update would not come until sometime in the coming week. Another part of their space agency said it wouldn't come for maybe a month. And the key thing that the Japanese were testing, so they claimed on this unmanned robotic mission, was a pinpoint lunar landing technology. They wanted to land within like 300 or so feet of their intended target, which means then either astronauts or unmanned robotic rovers could wander away to targets in the vicinity that would be scientifically interesting, but they could not be reached if the landers in the future were landed several miles away from their intended target, which appeared to be the case from the beginning of the space program, certainly with some of NASA's early unmanned missions like Surveyor to the Moon. The only problem with claiming this as a record is that United States did it 50 years ago, because when Surveyor 3 landed in that crater, that bizarre crater, on the moon in 1967, and then right up the slope in that same crater, there turned out to be this stunning lunar Stonehenge. 
A second mission, unbeknownst to us, was vectored to this same crater, ostensibly back in uh, uh, 1969, to look at Surveyor 3 and bring home some pieces to measure rates of degradation in a vacuum with radiation, etc., etc. Pete Conrad was able to set the lunar module Intrepid down within a couple hundred feet of Surveyor 3 back in 1969. So if the Russians are claiming to land within 300, well, Pete got them beat by a mile, well, at least 100 feet. So that really is not the, the value of the Japanese mission. The value of the mission was this was supposed to be a small, low-cost, fast turnaround technology to successfully land robots on the moon for various reasons, up to and including inventory of volatiles, resources that would be used to build a lunar base in the next, let's say, five years. The Japanese and others are claiming their landing was a great success. No. Any landing you can't walk away from is a failure. The Russians landed spacecraft on the moon back in the 60s and 70s that literally were destroyed by high winds tugging at their parachutes, and they only broadcast for like 20 seconds. Well, the Japanese SLIM mission broadcast for several hours on a battery, but because they apparently, according to the data, landed upside down, rolling down a slope of a crater probably, you certainly not, you could not consider this a success. Because obviously if you land on the moon, it doesn't count if you can't do anything after you've landed. And they can't do anything. Now they're, they're hoping, against hope, that they will have something happen in the next week where the moon's rotation and revolution around the Earth allows it to uh, uh, finally, uh, that panel, which may be tipped on its side and not buried underneath, to see the sun, which would recharge the batteries, which would allow use of the radio transmission equipment, which would allow activation of the experiments, which in fact might be able to function even if the lander is on its side, with the solar panel facing away from the sun. But the data from JAXA the night of the landing said the damn thing literally turned upside down with the two rocket engines pointing up, the solar panel buried in the dirt, and so we'll probably never hear from it again. Again, why, after over half a century, why is it impossible for private missions, and now it's graduated to government missions? Remember, the Russians crashed a few months ago in trying for the first time in their 50 years to land successfully on the moon with an unmanned robot. The Indians successfully made it, but that's because they had a piece of equipment which we strongly recommended for a long time, a polarizing camera so they could see where the holes in the glass dome that we have proposed is around the entire moon and preventing some of these landings from occurring successfully could in fact be imaged. And then like with Apollo, you simply go down through the holes. Okay, item number three. There was another mission in the last two weeks, which was wildly, weirdly unsuccessful and partially successful until someone ordered it to die. 
And that's a very long story. We're going to go into it in great detail next Saturday night, where we're doing a show which Andrew Curry and I have titled A Piece of the Action. And it begins in Las Vegas. And it has to do, among other things, with betting, with who's betting, with the bizarre peregrine mission that this private company called Astrobotic successfully launched and then everything went to hell in a handbasket. And they wound up crashing it deliberately into the atmosphere over the South Pacific Ocean. Well, item number three is a stunning um, video. You know, I hate videos, so I wouldn't put it up unless it's crucial. By a, a colleague, a journalist named Jordan Wright, who runs a website and a, a video service called The Angry Astronaut. I've always wondered why he called himself The Angry Astronaut, because the only thing to really be angry about is they've been covering up all the good stuff out there, and he does not seem to know that. But you want to carefully listen to this eight or nine minute video, or watch it, because he's on camera, because reporter Jordan Wright apparently had sources inside NASA who were telling him that NASA ordered Astrobotic to kill the Peregrine mission. Let me repeat that. He has data that says from inside sources that NASA, even though legally this mission belonged to Astrobotic as part of their commercial program at NASA, that they basically ordered Astrobotic to kill it or else. And the or else was, you will never get another cent on another contract. That we will have more details on next Saturday, so stay tuned. Item number four, Astrobotic is to begin formal investigation of its failed mission. Uh, we don't know the time frame, but that's a space news story. It comes directly from Astrobotic um, management, and so I presume that it is uh, uh, accurate, and it's going to be very interesting if in their internal investigation they discover that the... Um, uh, hang on, let me do one thing here. Okay, let me do that. Okay. Um, we've got... Okay. So we need to have Morningstar as opposed to Bassett. Okay. Well, during the break, we'll do all that switching. And Anyway, it looks like we're going to have Robert Morningstar talking about what's going on with, with UFOs. Um, item number five. This is the chairman of the House subcommittee, the Oversight Committee, which had the classified briefing. There are, again, more detailed reports leaking out of what happened with that briefing. Um, what's interesting is that it seems that a lot of members of these committees, when they have either a hearing in the House or the Senate, or they go on the, on the road and have some kind of briefing. In this case, the Inspector General came to the Capitol and gave them the briefing uh, in, in, on Capitol Hill instead of them having to go over to the Pentagon or to the CIA or whatever. Um, normally, these things, particularly if they're classified, you don't get very much of anything. And you particularly don't get a lot of people uh, showing up on both sides of the aisle. In this case, uh, there were an awful lot of members who attended, which is an indication of how 
how extraordinarily important these developments are and the fact that we are uh, uh, basically on the edge of something quite extraordinary, quite extraordinary indeed, which is the mainstream, after all these years, apparently coming to grips with the idea that we are not alone. And it is only a matter of time until something happens and we all find out what it is that we all have not known for decades. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return. Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think upon the recitation we're about to say. Of interplanetary craft Calling occupants Of interplanetary Most extraordinary craft Calling occupants Of interplanetary craft Calling occupants Of interplanetary craft Midnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hogland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership cost $9.95 a month, $0.33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com.
and welcome back, everyone, to the other side of midnight for this Sunday night, January 21st, 2024. And I believe we have Robert Morningstar on the line. Robert, are you there? Unmuting helps. I see him on my screen. Yes, I'm here. There you are. There you are. Okay. Okay, so what's wrong with Steve? Why can't we get Steve? You... Well, he had trouble with his internet uh, oh. earlier today. Oh, well, he was on your show, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Hold on a second. Okay, I'm, 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 you're breaking up too. Maybe someone does not want us to talk about this stuff. Ah, no, come on. I'm, I'm actually finishing up a chess game that, that I'm going to have to Okay. Oh, I know what's happening. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'm, I'm listening. I was listening to the show, so you're getting that feedback. So anyway, uh, it was really a, a comedy, <laughs> the first uh, part of the show, because uh, he couldn't hear me, and it took about 15 minutes uh, before I was able to figure out using algebra that I could call him up on the phone, or he could call me on the phone. So I used my phone as the audio uh, feeding the microphone for the broadcast and wow. uh, actually I'm a little bit worried because uh, Stephen had uh, a cramp while he was on the show and it was uh, unpleasant oh no just, yeah he had a very severe cramp and I was worried about um, you know complications so he may not be feel, feeling well I hope he is well because uh, he's a great man. Yeah, he, and well, he's been it. at this for decades. He's been at it uh, almost as long as I've been at the artifact side of the house. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, again, this is when everything is hitting the rotating kitchen appliance. Exactly. You know, I, I don't see the opposition as going away. I think they're not going to go down without a knockdown, drag out fight. They will use every tool, every uh, avenue, every surrogate every disinformation component to try to keep people from realizing how stunningly real all this is and what it's going to mean for humanity absolutely well it's a big uh as i call it uh horse and pony show and uh a dog and pony show yeah that's the, that's the cliche yes dog yeah, and that's pony. A cliche and it is a cliche the problem as I told Stephen, is that the U.S. government has legislated itself into a terrible situation, which is it has lied for so long to the American people that it does not know how to tell the truth anymore. Wait a minute. You mean it doesn't know how or it doesn't know which part of their lies is the truth? Because remember, we're, we're talking generate at least a generation, maybe two, after Roswell, after the formal beginning of this thing back in 1947. You know, right. I was only two years old, so I wasn't there. If there's, if, you know, there's such a thing as what they call institutional memory. In the UFO field, in the U.S. government, in the Air Force, starting primarily, maybe shifting to the Navy, there are, you know, elements of that in, in play. It may be that the current minders, the current spokespeople, the current, you know, like the idiot Air Force guy who talked about uh, time compression and crash dummies, 
It may be that there are so many layers of lies that they can't find out where the truth is hiding. Well, that's what the um, the Congress people insinuated, that it's so compartmentalized that no one really knows the entire, <laughs> the entire truth. And, uh, See, now, we're, mean, on, we're only talking UFOs, you know, ETs that go bump in the night and ships and glowing lights and spinning disks and all that. That's why oh. I, for decades, have maintained a second track, which is the artifacts. Because the artifacts stand still. They're all over the solar system. We have tons of carefully calibrated and documented imagery, courtesy of our friendly local neighborhood space agency, i.e. NASA. And all we have to do to find out what's out there or who's out there is look to the artifacts. And then you build well, back I, to I the... I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I don't think it has to do with artifacts. It has to do not just with UFOs. It has to do with non-human intelligences. And that is a specific topic that the government dreads because they would but, have but to... But if you can't politically get at it through the UFOs or the non-human guys directly, if you go through the back door, which is we have all this evidence that we're not alone. You can't have artifacts surrounding you in the solar system unless somebody built them. Well, those artifacts are not accepted by science, so I think we should. They've put that set on. up an entire office at NASA headquarters to yeah, look now at artifacts. But who's, who's paying attention to it? Everybody's talking about UFOs. And we are human. Well, we, you are, but you're not the government, and you're not the Congress, and they're not interested in artifacts. Quite plain and simply. They are irrelevant. The fact is... And they weren't UFOs interested in UFOs. They weren't interested... UFOs Robert, in Robert, Robert, they weren't interested in UFOs until one day they were. The same thing will happen with the artifacts that we have documented. Artifacts are dead. UFOs are alive. Okay, that's the important difference. Yeah, an artifact, artifact will tell you the truth. Artifacts were there 100,000 years ago. Artifacts will tell... there 100,000 years ago. We're you know, not. We can't we're keep, dealing with living things. We can't keep talking over each other, Okay. Artifacts, artifacts will tell you the truth. Live ETs will lie, or they have the potential to lie. And how artifacts can, due to interpretation, and your interpretation may be at variance with Avi Loeb or John Brandenburg or any number of scientists. And there is a an obstruction in science to block any any knowledge of antecedent civilizations, and I don't think it's going to go that way. So we should stick to UFOs and non-human intelligences and reverse Well, obviously, I totally disagree. I think the idea, uh, NASA's mantra, which is no single point failure, we need to pursue both. And the fact that there is now a formal legislative bureaucratic office in NASA specifically looking at UAP and as a subset, an office voted to artifacts. See, up until now, we didn't have a place to take our data. Now we have a place to take the data where the public is the is the uh, referee, because if NASA doesn't deal with the data, honestly, that will come out. We were at the beginning of a whole new ballgame. That's going to take ages, and it's not going to happen this year, next year. You're going to have to go through vetting of all of your proofs. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And they don't—they don't want to allow your proofs. They science. didn't want to allow UFOs, and then look where we are tonight. Yeah, well, UFOs have intruded very rudely into people's reality for eighty years, and your artifacts have been sitting on the moon for a hundred thousand years. 
And the only people that really pay attention to it are you, me, Andrew, Ron Gibran, and we have no status. That's not exactly correct, okay? Um, okay. I'm going anyway. to be doing another network show next week with several million people. I'm going to be talking about our Abby Loeb challenge. Abby, he can run, but he can't hide. Yeah, but he does ignore you. I mean, how long have you been trying to get him? You have personal people contacting him. He's not going to... I am very persistent, and we will win. I know you're persistent. We will win. It just will take time. Yeah, but it's not going to... It's like 100,000 years with artifacts. Because, look, science has institutionalized a, a policy. Evolutionary theory is a cornerstone of science. To admit artifacts on the moon or on Mars or any other planet is to admit that evolution is a fraud. Okay, let me let me give you an example of why this might break wide open much sooner than you think. Let's assume day after day after tomorrow that ETs swooping around the Earth in vehicles, contacting people, landing, leaving, leaving inscrutable messages inscrutable context, all that. Let's suppose that becomes common knowledge. How would that happen? Either through whistleblowers like Grush, many more Grushes, and or the production suddenly of physical artifacts like ships, technology, a bread box device that you plug in your, your fan and toaster and it runs forever. That would get people to sit up and pay attention because it will hit their pocketbook. People are desperate now in terms of living expenses, power, heat, light in the winter, particularly in New England, something that radically changed the current technology that came from an ET uh, database or archive, you know, uh, of of secret government technology they purloined. That could change everything. And then the, the the piece of resistance would be an actual ET alien looking suspiciously human, sitting in front of a Senate or House committee on Capitol Hill, testifying, I'm from so-and-so, I came so many thousand light years, we've been trying to figure you guys out for a long... In other words, that would change everything, right? It would, but precisely why they don't want to change everything, because the power structure on this planet is based on the current technology. Remember what uh, J.P. Morgan said to uh, Tesla when he said, hey, I can provide people with free energy wirelessly. He said, where are we going to put the meter? Well, that is still the attitude because the New World Order, Davos, WEF, all of these power groups have a vested interest in the status quo and they are loath to uh, change it. The other thing is the aerospace, uh, military aerospace industry has a monopoly on it and they have been bilking the U.S. taxpayer, the U.S. Treasury for trillions of dollars over the last 80 years on these secret projects. And so they don't want to do it because they will lose their power. Con Edison. Well, but what you're basically doing, what, what, Robert, what you're painting is the Kobayashi Maru, the no-win scenario. If it's true that nothing will ever change, then why are we having the conversation? Why don't we all go and watch, you know, something tonight on television and just let people go back to their lives if it's never going to change? Well, taking up the Kobayashi Maru scenario, we have to find out where the uh, central computer is and change that uh, program. 
And I think that's going to be Wait, but what do you mean? Is, is that a metaphor or do you mean that little? Yeah, that's a metaphor. The Kobayashi Maru uh, paradox was resolved by Captain Kirk. Oh, he yeah, broke. he changed the program. He changed the program. Well, that's what Stephen is trying to do politically and what I'm trying to do, you know, in my arena with colleagues. We're trying to change the program. The fact is that this subject has gone from yawning at the bottom of the 11th hour news to where every day there's a new breaking story. There are people on Capitol Hill who are determined. Again, Republicans and Democrats working together because they both realize they've been snookered and there's nothing madder than a congressman who thinks he's God who discovers he's not. And yeah. at the hands of the deep state or the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower warned us about, we have been deep-sixed for decades. And there is going to be hell to pay because these people are not going to quietly go back into their stalls. They have the well, power of the purse. They have the power of the people. And they're on the right side of God. And it's both sides of the aisle where you can't get, you know, Republicans and Democrats to agree on the weather in Washington these days. On this, they both came out of that meeting and obliquely, with side glances, basically said, Russia's credibility was increased, not decreased, by this briefing. And that's all you need to know. They've got the bit in their teeth, and they're going to keep going, and we're going to keep helping, and ultimately the castle will fall. Yes, there will be hell to pay, and that's what they're afraid of. The people who have kept but the But there's more of us than them. That's what yeah, democracies are about. Power. Yeah, if democracy is allowed to play out. But democracy is being undermined. Okay, I don't, ra, 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 I don't want to get into a discussion of politics. I came here to talk but about. But it's part you. of politics. Yeah. It's not going to change without politics, Robert. Anyway, Ron Gerbron, our re hang on, Ron, our resident generalist mm -hmm. has joined the conversation. We still can't find Stephen. Ron, you want to say something? Uh, yeah. In the last five minutes, uh, as I was, uh, Keith was trying to. Hook me up here. You went from talking about disclosure to pure distilled politics. And we have to argue, just like you have to fight with the, uh, the war where you are. You have to, uh, we have to argue on the level of the situation that we have some control over. And Robert, I heard you say that artifacts don't matter. Nobody cares. Well, I don't find that to be the case. And opinions don't have more power in the general circumstances than items do. We can't go up and grab a brick off of an ancient ruin and throw it at somebody. But uh, Not yet. Moment, but we'll get yes, there. Yeah, we'll, exactly, we'll get yes, there. But can. this business about UFO reports, nobody has a UFO in their backyard. Uh, Joan of Arc fought under a sky full of interested visitors from somewhere else. That's right. They decided, they looked at, everyone looked up, had no idea what they were seeing because shields and swords did not fly. Yeah. in those days and they were looking at that but they only described them as what they could think they were but that did not move it forward it did not convince anybody they were extraterrestrials well neither has the face on Mars we've been looking at face on Mars since 1976 and I have a thousand other ruins don't blame yeah, me fine, nobody, if everybody's focused on one thing that we can't demonstrate the face on Mars to most people it's just like weird that's because of a very well-funded disinformation campaign 
by the U.S. government under the aegis of NASA. NASA has now politically changed 180. They've set up an office to look at artifacts. All we and our colleagues all over the world, there are people looking at artifacts. It's not just us. Look at the YouTube you know, videos that people put out constantly. Every Perseverance image is analyzed, every Curiosity image, every MRO image, every LRO image. We have created a cottage industry. But up until this last six months, it didn't have a legal home to go to. Now it does. There's an office in NASA that's supposed to look at scientifically artifacts. You don't think that when we bring this to the attention of Burchette and company, they will leap on it because it's an end run around the stalling about ETs because if they're artifacts, there have to be ETs who built them at some point. And now you connect the two dots. They're not back then. They're running around now. It's not a big leap. Once you have set the idea that they are out there, whether they're out there 100,000 years ago or as the data says, they're out there and they're here now, that builds a political wedge of real people, taxpayers, who will demand more and more involvement in this question and answers. That's the only reason we're getting any progress at all in Washington, because of the political involvement of representatives, of citizens of the United States. Well, good luck with that. I think they'll just say ho-hum. It doesn't deal with UFOs. And that is uh, your opinion. So of course, it's, nice, it's your nice opinion. opinion. No, Robert, I have science. Robert, fair, yes. On this program, everybody's just expressing opinions, Richard. It's not... No, I have tons of data just like Ron. And we have all different yeah. forums to present data. You know, we've got conferences, thousands of hours of conference materials. It just requires a, to be a signal in the noise to where people pay attention and realize the middle of the curve, that this is not just nonsense. There's real stuff that's tangible that someday you can go and touch. And we haven't even mentioned Elon Musk yet. Remember, there are two space or, programs. There's the NASA program, and then there's the U.S. Elon Musk program, SpaceX. He is going to the moon. Hey, hey Robert, can I, uh, can, can I ask you a clarification here? Sure. Uh, friend, uh, the uh, this U these UFO sightings and claims and achievements, uh, how are they going to change anything? Because nobody, Avi Loeb aside, uh, just won't pick on him for the moment. Uh, the uh, yeah, you can make all anyone. I'm not accusing you of starting all this. Uh, anyone can make all these claims about uh, reptilians and Arcturians and insect people and um, the Pleiades have been watching over us and so on and so forth. That's all very nice, accommodates people with the idea that there are external civilizations. But when are we going to see one? When is, it, when is one going to march in and say, hey, guys, we're real? And then how do you prove it? Well, here, here, comes, the point. here comes the point that I made with Stephen Bassett. The U.S. has had a secret uh, covenant with the aliens since 1947 and formally since 1954. And I told Stephen the reason there's no progress or little progress in Washington is because the secret government is more afraid of the aliens than they are of the American people. 
And this deals with some of the clause. And the main clause was neither the U.S. government nor the aliens will reveal themselves to the world public. And for the U.S. government now to admit that they've been lying to people for 80 years and that aliens have been interacting with the U.S. government, trading human resources for technology, would be the end of the world for politics as we know it. But it would break the contract that the, the deep state wrote with the aliens breach of contract, and they are more afraid of the aliens' reactions than the people of America or the American uh, citizens' reactions to... They think they can control the American citizens uh, the same way they've controlled them since JFK was killed, through mind control and uh, delusions and uh, altering the evidence. You know, we don't have to go too deeply into so, that. So, Robert, you're basically saying we're all wasting our time and we should go and sell storm windows. No, I'm saying you're wasting your time yeah. thinking that artifacts are going to change the opinion of the Congress. They're, they're hot on the track of a very nefarious group of people embedded within the U.S. government. And I believe that many of them are in with the New World Order. And this whole process, everything we've been seeing, the depopulation program, the chemtrails, all of it is to cull down the herd so that eventually, when there are fewer human beings around to oppose it, the aliens can come forward and... Again, manage. that's a nice speculation. Theory. You have no data. Squat. It's a theory. We have data. We've got artifacts. You can. There's one sitting in the president's office tonight, yes, right on that bookcase. It's a moon rock. No, it's not. It's an artifact that was labeled as a moon rock. Well, Richard, be fair. It's a moon. It is a moon rock by the what they catalog them as. And as soon as the press see it, and independent analysis is allowed to analyze it, it they will be it will be proven to be an artifact. Do you know how they'll prove it's a moon rock? They will test from the inside stuff that uh, encapsulated bits of water and gases that have been there. You guys are beyond. such Debbie Downers. Why are we doing this? I'm going to just kill the show. What's the point? I, uh, go ahead. I could go and have. Yeah. I could go and have a lot more lucrative career doing something else than what I've been doing for almost half a century. But mm -hmm. I know we're going to win. It's inevitable. We just have to keep the pressure on because the opposition is crumbling. Artifacts. Well, why did you no pressure on the Congress? You Artifacts don't know that. Ah, uh, yeah. I do know that. No, they you did. don't. Have you yes, ever? Have I, you ever? Have you talked yeah. to a congressman about the artifacts? I've sent. I've sent artifacts to Congress. They don't. It's ho hum. They don't want to deal with it. Just like any scientist in NASA, Mark Carlotto, he, he's brave enough to talk about the face on Mars. But I'd say ninety percent of of the NASA scientists wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole because they know. Hey, Robert, you do up at your mail. Who opens your mail at home? Me. I mean, I'm not talking Me. about spooks. Me. Hmm? Me. Okay. Who opens the senator's mail? His staff. Exactly. Right. Whether it's email or in an envelope, doesn't matter. They That's don't true. get to see the stuff that you sent them. So if you sent them your artifacts, the same staff member is going to open them up and he's going to put it in the circular bin. 
because yeah. he'll be afraid to show it to the Congress. Well, actually, I think we'll be a little more sophisticated. How did we get our briefing video to the President of the United States? Remember two-hour yeah. two video on artifacts on the moon yeah. and Mars? How did we get it to the president so we actually saw it? You had a personal contact. Exactly. Well, don't you think we can get personal contacts to congressmen and senators to bypass the filters and let them see it? I briefed the chairman of the House committee, Robert Livingston, decades ago, and he was so startled by what he saw. I had a group in Washington in his office invited in. He was stunned and as soon as he started to do something, they got rid of him and he turned into a drunk who was brought up on charges of hit and run because he ran into somebody and killed a woman and her daughter one night on the roads in Virginia. He thought he was invincible. He turned out the deep state was bigger than he was. But that was then. And this is now. And that was done without the pressure of a lot of people wondering what's going on. Now everybody, and Stephen has documented the rise of serious mainstream news coverage, everybody is focused on this problem, and it has two components. It's got real live ETs and spaceships, and it's got extraordinary archives all over the solar system, including libraries, which will tell us how we got here. That, once people realize that it's credible, it will be unstoppable. So our job is to make it credible to the right people, and we have lots of things moving in the dark to do just that tonight. Well, good luck okay. with that. Like Thank Livingston, you. Livingston lost his life as a result of uh, his No, 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 no. He lost his position. He became. Okay, he, his position. he literally drank himself into a stupor and wound up killing a, a woman and her, okay. her, her daughter one night on a New Jersey road because he was absolutely shocked that he could fall from his chairmanship by opening this Pandora's box. But that was too soon. Yeah, now that true. will not happen to Congress people because everybody is looking. They can't get well, away with I, that ploy. I think what's really going to open up uh, the whole thing is where's the money? What did you do with it? What did you produce from it? And I think that artifacts are very low on the, on the total. Well, I'm there. so glad to finally, after all these years, Robert, know how you feel about my work. Very nice. I'm talking about your work in regard to UFOs, okay? I don't so do UFOs. Don't, don't start portraying yourself as a victim. I know? do you. I I do do I've supported your show, about contributed to your show, hundreds of items. 30 seconds out. Okay, yes, so, it's per, yes, it's a personal attack on you, Robert. Yeah, it's not. It's okay, not. well then stop sounding like it is. Okay, guys, we, we, all, we, we are, all suffer. We are at the top of the hour. My guest this morning, kind of contentious guests, is Robert Morningstar, our resident civilian intelligence space analyst of UFOs, ETs, and other anomalous phenomenon, and Ron Gerbron, our resident generalist, and we're having a, a really lively and important discussion. And I would willing to bet dollars to Navy beans that in this discussion, artifacts will lead the way. I don't know exactly how tonight, but with your support, we will keep at it. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
theothersideofmidnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hogland and his fascinating guests. Support the broadcast and don't miss another groundbreaking conversation. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back, everyone, on this uh, Sunday night, the 21st of January, 2024. i got to keep thinking 2024, 2024. Uh, we're having a very interesting discussion about UFOs and artifacts in the absence of my planned guest for tonight, Steve Bassett. Uh, we can't seem to find out where Steve is, whether he is online or not online, whether his Internet problems have gotten more severe. You know, as... As regular listeners to this show know, we have had absolutely extraordinary and excruciating technical issues. And I have come to the conclusion that maybe someone has hacked us and planted programs in these computers, and they basically can switch us on and switch us off whenever they want. Well, as this heats up, as the focus of general political attention in Washington is focused on the bigger question of extraterrestrial intelligence and manifestations thereof, both in the past and right now. As more and more people take this seriously, I believe the opposition is going to give way because they already have. If these folks were all-powerful, if they were backed by some extraordinary extraterrestrial mind control technology, then none of this would be happening. We would not be having this conversation. We'd be talking about how to raise dairy cows or something, as opposed to extraterrestrial non-human intelligence. And we certainly wouldn't have gotten all the stunning thousands, as Ron said, thousands and thousands of images with artifacts all over the place. We're going to talk about one that NASA just gave us a few days ago, next Saturday. It is an extraordinary artifact. It can be nothing else but an artifact, and it's sitting on Mars. It was photographed just a few feet away by the Perseverance rover, and when you look at the fruits of our analysis, it could be a game-changer, and we'll save the details for next 
Saturday. So let me go back to Robert. Robert, you were the last guy to talk to Stephen this afternoon yeah. for two hours. What did he say? What does he project is going to happen politically on this subject next? Well, he says it's, it's really basically a very, very high-level chess game that's being played legislatively. And that uh, what he's hoping for is action by the Senate. The, uh, the Congress, the Congressional Oversight Committee, is, is doing the groundwork um, to keep the information in the public eye. But he said that really nothing can happen until the Senate acts on it. And so that's what he's hoping for. That He said that he hopes that this Senate hearing will be this January, you know, which leaves, what, eight days? Or nine days, depending on which side of the midnight you are on. <laughs> so, yeah, because <laughs> it's already mine. I'm already in twenty in the twenty second of January, and the other half of the country is still in the twenty first. So that's the, the caveat there. But um, we had a long discussion about all of these issues and about uh, David Grush and how there is uh, there's a smear campaign being con uh, conducted against Grush. Although, oh, he had marital problems. Oh, he had to see a psychiatrist. I said. Stephen, who doesn't have marital problems, and how many marriages? Well, let me let me let me let me give some background to that because sure. the American people, certainly for the last five years since President Trump was elected, and even longer, you know, going back a couple of more administrations, they know the Washington spin game. They're used mm -hmm. to people lying to them. They, it, that's one of the reasons why real interest in politics has become so low because it's like both sides are on the same take and they're both telling us the same lies so why should we give a damn why should we vote why should we participate if nothing ever changes so the, all the spin all the horror stories about grush they're basically falling on deaf ears because people want to know more in terms of the, what he's saying than whether he's right or wrong in terms of his credibility his marriage whether he drinks he's on drugs or whatever and the fact that this congressional committee came out of their briefing and said they only had deeper appreciation for Grush's testimony, that's a huge step forward, regardless of the fact that we don't know the details. Yes. Another thing Stephen said was that uh, questions were asked of Grush that were not answered in the public hearing, but that in the this uh Skiff hearing, he did answer them, and much to people's surprise. One of the questions he was asked was, if we have recovered craft and we have alien bodies, do you know where they are? And this time, in secret, Rush said, yes, I do, but I can't tell you where they are. Well, was, wait, 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 wait. In a skiff, in a classified briefing for the Congress, he said he couldn't tell them? Yeah, he said, I can't. I know where they are, but I can't tell you where they are. Did he say why he couldn't tell them? Well, he's still under secrecy, a uh, certain amount of secrecy. There's so much that you can... There reveal. have been all kinds of laws passed in the last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I keep calling it the whistleblower law, and Stephen gets very upset when I say that. But it mm -hmm. literally was mandated by the Congress under law, signed by the president, 
that if Grush wants to reveal whatever he knows, they mm-hmm. can't touch him. Unless, True. Unless, of course, they kill him. That's the ultimate sanction. Well, maybe he's concerned with that. Well, listen, he went through it through proper channels. That's why he's there. He went through proper channels. He made a complaint to the inspector general. And this uh, briefing was uh, the inspector general of the intelligence community, uh, Thomas Mannheim is his name. Are you, nice. guys, are, are you guys hearing that high-pitched whine? I'm hearing no. a weird whining like a fan or something or a motor. I heard it briefly. Yeah. Well, I don't have a fan in my computer. Oh, there it goes again. That's coming from Robert. Oh. Oh, isn't that a shame? I'm, I'm sorry to bother you. I'm going to uh, relieve you of the wine, okay? Okay. Bye. Okay, so we lost Robert. Oh, he thought it was an emotional comment, Keith. He no, didn't know it was no. technical. Yeah. See, this is what I'm trying to point out, that everyone... Andrew, I know you're listening and talking to Robert. Tell him it was not a personal comment toward him at all. I heard it, too. It's just... Well, I would like like Andrew to join us, if he would. Uh, Obviously, we're kind of winging it, because the program I planned with Stephen Bassett, I have a feeling it's not going to take place. Well, let's make him jealous. We can give away all his secrets if we know any of them. Well, the last <laughs> the last person to talk to him this afternoon to get the report that I wanted was Robert, and Robert left in a huff, which, is, which is not very professional. Yeah. You know, that's really no. kind of like, you know, remember... Please, somebody tell Robert we all concur. This was not at all meant as an emotional comment from Richard. It had nothing to do with it. There was a noise in the background. And Keith said that he, from a technical standpoint, it sounded like it was coming from Robert's phone. I don't know anything else. It's obvious that Robert is talking on the computer mic as opposed to a headset. Computers Mm -hmm. have fans. Fans have motors. Motors have lubrication problems. It sounded like a motor changing speed to keep the computer cool as the ambient temperature changes, which it does depending upon the, the, you know, rate at which you're using the, the software, the discs. Where and, was this? So anyway, yeah. the point is that all we said was, it's coming from you, Robert. And he said, well, I can cut it off. And he did. So, Andrew, are you with us? <laughs> Andrew? There's that, hear that beep, everybody? No, I didn't uh, hear that's it. That's the noise. No, well, I hear the noise. Every time that's you close me. your mic. Oh, that's That's Keith. me. Okay, it's coming from Keith. Yeah, Keith, Keith's Keith, Keith, Keith has a separate problem technically that's why he keeps his mic closed most of the time who brought up the whiny noise i did it wasn't bothering oh it's your fault well it was very loud and remember i'm wearing headphones and what i hear is going out on the air and don't people love to talk about housekeeping andrew are you with us (laughs) well it says andrew has been added to the conversation but i don't see him yet so okay it's just you and me Okay, roll up your sleeves. Well, obviously, uh, you would not be participating in the Enterprise Mission Artifacts investigation if you, like Robert, thought it was pointless and stupid and no one would ever pay attention. Hmm. Yeah, and certainly not if I thought nobody was listening to me, because that happens all the time. Uh, (laughs) Not here. Oh, yeah. Okay, Uh, 
Well, we could say, let me say a little thing about the mysterious subject of next week's thing, which by next week is not going to be a mysterious topic anymore. Uh, the, uh, the rainbow, the Martian rainbow issue. Um, you the, mean uh, this very mysterious object? I, I prefer actually not to give the game away until next Saturday, frankly. Well, it's already out there on another website. So it doesn't matter. They don't have the data so, we do. So, no. Well, uh, all right. Let me see if I can do it without saying what it is. This mysterious what it is uh, is uh, on Mars Guys website, which is one of the hottest things on YouTube. By the way, okay. He's totally ma- he's totally mainstream. He's obviously got some really good connections with uh, JPL and NASA. He's a uh, I forget his actual name, but I've seen it. He's a professor at a college in uh, or university in Arizona, and he keeps up on it. When something unusual comes along, he uh, covers it with one of those pan over things. Oops, somebody's there. Robert is back. Yeah. We don't need well, your Robert, video. The line is about. We I don't. We don't need first. your video. Say oh. bandwidth. Okay. We know what you look like. We know what you look like. You don't know what I look like. Okay, so um, if, if I can pick up the conversation of what Bassett told you this afternoon. Well, he, I was telling you before you started hearing whines, so if you hear no, it, it's fine. now it's fine, okay? No, so, I still hear it, but it's, okay. it's, it's lower. Robert or Richard, don't worry about it. It's not bothersome to me, and I'm wearing earbuds. So, about Grush, uh, he went through it, through proper channels. He was there with the Inspector General, you know, as his, I suppose I would call him his mentor, who's trying to get him through it. But, um, you know what I do have? I have the comments, I have the comments of uh, the Congress people who came out of the skiff. And I can play them for you. It's very interesting to hear all of them. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was hoping that Steve would have was, is more than the articles that are very cursory and, you know, they're, they're like, uh, well, we're classified, so they can't tell us anything, so we don't care. Okay, well, uh, let's see if it goes. I, I have um, the report from Chris Lido. Chris Lido is very big in uh, disclosure. He's a former uh, pilot. And he's been uh, working with uh, Russ Colbert. And uh, so I happen to have the the Twitter comments. This is the Here first goes. real briefing that we've had that we've now made, I would say, progress on some of the claims Mr. Grush has made in his complaint. So this meeting, unlike the one we had previously when we did this briefing, this one actually moved the needle. This is a Democratic congressman speaking. Yeah, can you, uh, you can hear the sound, right? Yeah, crystal clear. This is, next is Representative Anna Paulina Luna. Who I believe is a Republican from Florida. Yes, and the prettiest lady in the Congress. (laughs) (laughs) Poker dude counts with me. What I will say is that it has become apparent that there is a movement, whether it's within the intelligence intelligence community or not, to prevent us from finding out more information on this. Uh, we got some pretty different. Okay, this is the chairman of the committee, uh, Tim Burchett from Tennessee, Republican. What? 
that I'm sure y'all get from somewhere else about what was discussed. I'm more concerned than I was going into the skiff, and I think that they have a lot of questions they, that remain unanswered. And you know, Mr. Grush uh, has made allegations that we're still trying to figure out um, the veracity of, and we haven't gotten the answers that we need. I just think uh, that was uh, Mr. Krishnamurti, who is a congressman, I believe, from California. Democrat. He, uh, I thought he was from the Midwest, but that doesn't matter. What matters is, I said to Steve, if you've ever seen anybody with that look that they call deer in the headlights. Yes, this is yes. Cool. He really looks scared. He looks like a guy who was a total skeptic and walked in and a reality check was dropped on him. Next is Representative Andy Ogles. What uh, the, most of the American people uh, fear is true is that the government, there's a concerted effort to conceal as much information as possible, uh, both from Congress and to the general public. Chris Lado, welcome to Lado Files. Okay, okay so I think we can dump follow, out of that. Follow, yeah. uh, Chris Lado on um, L-E-H-T-O. He's really on top of it, and he's a former jet pilot, and he's very highly motivated to uh, bring the truth out. While we're here, I'd like to mention, I discovered something earlier this week that is rather important. Uh, in Davos, they were having the meeting of the World Economic Forum, and Rebel News from Canada uh, found the current CEO of the Gates Foundation walking down the street heading for the meeting. And I followed it. And I noticed that as the cameraman was uh, walking backwards, he kept moving the camera from the faces and occasionally he had to take a back step and caught, he caught the sky. And I saw something in the sky for a minute during this was staying in the sky. And ordinarily, you just look at it and you say, oh, that looks like an airliner. But, you know, I have uh, UFO eyes. So <laughs> I captured, you know. So I wait, 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 wait. Back up. What was this meeting? Why were these two guys being photographed on or video? In Davos, in Davos. Oh, this is the Davos meeting. Okay. World Economic Forum. Right. So I'm watching Which this Which for those video. folks that have been hiding under a bed for the last 20 years are the movers and shakers, the billionaires that are running planet Earth. So this is an eight-minute long video, and I noticed that ordinarily I'd look at it and say, oh, that was an airliner leaving a contrail. But a couple of uh, minutes later, it happened again. The thing was still in the sky. So I'm showing you the frame that I grabbed with a screenshot. Right. And this is uh, Ezra Levant of Rebel News and the CEO of the Bill Gates Foundation being asked some very uncomfortable questions, and he just stayed mum. He wouldn't answer anything. Like... Why was Bill Gates doing on Epstein Island? Why was he riding on the plane with Epstein? Why did his wife divorce him, etc.? And he never said a word. But I saw this thing staying in the sky, so I frame grabbed it, screenshot, and this was in the oh sky. Oh my God! Yes. Can we put that, that up on 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 Robert's section, Keith? I'll send it. Those are not those are not aircraft. Those are not those are UFOs. Absolutely. Now, now, now it's one, and then up in the upper right, you've done an enhancement. Yeah, I did an enlargement. Okay. Uh, I did another one. This one, it's a larger one. This is a but, structured vehicle with proper shadowing, which appears to have an antenna, like a little stub antenna on the bottom. 
uh, when you well, look I, at the. Well, I'll tell you what. I saw this before. This craft flew over Ukraine in 2014, low and slow. I wonder why. Oh. And here's the here's the interesting thing. This thing is camouflaged. As I said, if you look at it, it looks like it's a contrail on the right side, but on the left side, it looks like it's affecting the air in front of it. And I've seen this phenomenon before, specifically in a photograph taken in 1938 in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, on a very, very uh, rainy night where the atmosphere was very thick. And the photograph was over the then new Vancouver City Hall. But what I noticed about the photograph was not the trail behind, but, but what it was doing to the air in front. And I think that propulsion is the wrong word for what UFOs do. I think they open space time or open a vacuum in front of them and the craft is sucked into the vacuum. And that would explain why there's no air resistance, no sonic boom. But I'm very proud of this. I'm happy to share Well, this. I would say I don't. you don't have to go that far. If you have some kind of field technology yes. that can manipulate the atmosphere, it not only eliminates problems with friction and you know burning your spacecraft up when you accelerate to 10,000 miles an hour in the lower atmosphere, it would reduce or eliminate totally sonic booms, etc. Oh, look at that. That's a stunningly crafted object. By the way, you know, NASA just revealed its latest spacecraft, uh, not spacecraft, but aircraft called the X-59, which is supposed to be a prototype for an ultimate commercial supersonic airliner that can cross the United States without creating a sonic boom. So if yes. our technology can do this, don't you think, folks, that maybe have a better handle on physics could do it in an even more elegant way. See, what I am intrigued uh, with, I want to get back, uh, Ron, you want to say something and then I have a, a comment. Yeah, it's very brief, yes. I just, uh, I don't want to get in it, get in the way of the role of things here, but since I'm not under any NDAs or anything, I guess, that's, <laughs> I know what that is. I know what that thing is. It's, uh, unfortunately, it's not uh, the result of extra dimensional or extra planetary stuff. They are monitoring, the, the, key, the key is the single the stalk antenna on the bottom, uh, it's monitoring all the cell phone traffic uh, to make sure that nobody's saying anything that violates their um, sacred oaths in front of the owl. So you think it's it our stuff hovering on anti-gravity above Davos, eavesdropping to make sure that nobody breaks cover? It's not even uh, anti-gravity. There's a fan inside. It can't go 10,000 miles an hour. How do uh, we know that? That's just an opinion. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. But it's uh, no, that sounds way too. Kill it, it comes well, Robert. Robert, I'm just trying to be keep the levity up. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> that's better than any gravity. It's uh, but uh, it's so it's a drone. You're saying that it, I've seen. It's you're saying it's, a it's just a drone. It's a drone. The the uh, the technology would be surprising to people, but wouldn't shock them or upset any laws of physics. Uh, the, uh, well, more important than the technology is that somebody is interested enough in Davos to hover yeah. uh, with 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 a, with an antenna. I could see the antenna from here. And that, it's security. Antenna. They're not trying to see it. They're not trying to. Uh, they're not trying to hide anything. They're protecting their secrets by making sure that no one walking down the street is talking about them. The cool thing about it 
is the camouflage. Because, you know, the first mm-hmm. time I saw it, you know, in the first frame, I thought, oh, there's an airliner passing by. And then it went on another minute, and then, oh, hey, it's still there. So the camouflage is what intrigues me, because anyone who would look at, glance at the sky and look at that thing and say, airliner, and just keep walking. But fortunately, they captured it on video, and I was able to do those enhancements. Well, it doesn't but, look like an airliner at all. No, I know, I know. But, but from a distance, look at how small it looks in the original screenshot. You know how but many I, people have so, cameras that can photograph things in the sky now, and they're doing it because yeah. officially – UFOs are in. They're the hottest topic on the planet. But I want to talk about the Fourth Reich in Switzerland. You know, not all the paperclip Nazis came to the United States. A lot went to Argentina. A lot went to Arab countries. But a lot went to Russia. Soviet Union. A lot went to Switzerland, my friend. The Swiss, you know, are Germanic, and uh, a lot of the the Swiss, though they were neutral. Uh, they had open uh, open borders for uh, Germans, and so I believe, and with the money that Switzerland, I was going to say it's the money. Follow the, the money. money. Yeah, they followed well, the money. <laughs> my my Air Force friends told me that in Switzerland, they have underground bases that open on the side of a canyon. I flew through Switzerland through the valleys to fly the Matterhorn. And I flew, I flew through this valley called Thun, T-H-U-N-E. For, and for you new born, to the show, Robert is a very accomplished private pilot. Thank you. But and I, and I started flying specifically because I wanted to find UFOs. And I said, where are you going to find them? You're going to find them if you're in the air. And I had my close encounters several times with UFOs. But the point is, I was flying through this uh, military operations area, and the chart said, be, a- be aware of artillery being uh, tested or practiced over here in the Valley of Thun. And there are these sheer cliffs. And my Air Force friend said, you know, in Switzerland, they have these bases where the cliff will open up and the fighters will fly right out of the mountain. Yeah, they, the they have those in Sweden, too. Yes, they're very smart people, those people. And the Swedes... Well, the Swedes are my ancestors, so... Well, they're not far behind, you know. <laughs> they may not have the money, but they have the, the know-how. And also, there was a UFO crash and a retrieval in Norway in 1946. I, wasn't Spitsbergen, wasn't that the name of the... Yeah, it was near Spitsbergen. But I got to see one single photograph of it. And this thing was, it was bullet shaped, but it was gigantic. And it was on its side, it was silvery, and there was a person on the ground so I could get a sense of, of the size of it. And this thing dwarfed Apollo. And this is, a, this is the conversation that Dorothy Kilgallen had with Marilyn Monroe talking about uh, flying saucers, uh, the terminology back in uh, 1962. The and they before. both wound up dead. Both wound up Marilyn dead. committed suicide, supposedly. And Su- Dorothy Kilgallen made a mistake of taking some medication with alcohol, and she wound up dead. Yeah, but she didn't make a mistake. It was dull. She had three types of barbiturates. Well, that's yeah. the, that was the public story. I'm, you know, I'm, no, no, no. This is the this is the. Autopsy. Oh no, they were both killed. Obviously, they were both killed. Yes, but the point is that 
Dorothy Kilgallen was talking to her about having been briefed in Britain in 1954 by the uh, Minister of Defense. This was Kilgallen? Kilgallen. Oh, she was... Oh, she, she was a very powerful columnist. She was perhaps, a, you know, she was like Luella Parsons, except in a very serious political real-world vein. Yeah, I like to tell the story about how she caught me playing hooky in 1959. <laughs> I really... I was, Go ahead. I cut, I cut school... Actually, you may have to wait till after the bottom of the hour. We're at about okay. yeah. Okay. So let's now. What I'm doing tonight is I'm trying to mix and match our music to what we're talking about. This is from um, Pink Floyd, "Dark Side of the Moon." Ironically, it's called "Us and Them." You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. The topic is UFOs, and we are making. Progress. Did you hear those Congress people who were totally oblivious to whether they were Republicans or Democrats? They're united on the search, on the hunt, and they will not let go because they have a lot of people who elected them, 720,000 per congressman, who are telling them, keep going. We're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return. to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed, and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing 
to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. Mm-hmm.